0: Hi, my name is Jennifer Thorpe, and welcome to the Pure Social Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating, enlightening, and empowering others individually and collectively. As we grow and transform, we can impact lives positively and change our world. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited to be able to share with you all A little bit about what I have learned about forgiveness. Let me preference this by first of all saying for today's podcast, that this is really coming from a personal perspective, some of the things that I have been able to learn, specifically some of the tools that I have been able to learn to help me navigate the process of forgiveness. I also want to mention before we get started on this, is that I am fully aware that each of us are unique individuals, as unique as our DNA. And when it comes to the topic of forgiveness, I am aware that it is immense, that it is vast, multifaceted, multi-layered, and that our culture, our values, belief system, our experiences, education, and a plethora of many factors go into how each of us uniquely experience um hurts and pains and therefore process how we go about to forgive if we there if we though choose to do so and so I wanted to mention that because this is a topic where many um scholars have written about there are many books about the topic of forgiveness there are podcasts etc and so I wanted to preference that because It's such a a sensitive topic in many ways. And so often, many people can feel very misunderstood. And so what I want to do is attempt to share with you some tools that really, again, allowed me to be able to navigate the process of forgiveness. Again, going back to the definition, it is the action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. In my personal life, I have experienced different traumatic events in early childhood, throughout my development, um, during adolescence, and into early adulthood. Now, I want to be clear that there are many moments in my life, even throughout those stages, where I experienced wonderful times. But there were moments in my life where there were events where there were great hurt, and harm that had taken place, where later on as I became a young adult, is where I began to process those hurts, and really began the process of forgiving. And I say that because there were definitely moments as, kid, as a kid, and I remember as a teen, you know, definitely having moments forgiving different individuals, but when I really started to look at those traumatic events, and begin to get the help that I was needed, starting that process, I was able to uncover wow, that there were actually individuals that I had not forgiven in my early 20s. And I was really able to begin that process and a process that I have been able to experience throughout my lifetime in various areas. With that, I wanted to begin by sharing a story that truly impacted me. This woman, Eva Core, was a woman whose story I came across um, many years ago, my gosh, decades ago. And I got to see a documentary on her And it just really, it overwhelmed my heart. It really brought to life things that at the time I was studying out um, through scripture, um, things that were going on, having conversation with spiritual advisors, with mentors, with peers, friends, and trusted relatives. And when I came across her documentary, it really fascinated me. So I'm only going to highlight for the sake of time, some things about her life and her journey in the process of forgiveness, and then I want to be able to share a little bit about myself and some, again, some of the tools that I've been able to learn that hopefully will be impactful for you as well. So Eva Kor and her sister Miriam were twins, and they were um, during the Holocaust. They were taken to Auschwitz, where they were medical experiments, basically used as human guinea pigs by Dr. Josef Mengele and other physicians during the time of the Holocaust, who were Nazis, these um, young girls who were twins and other twins were kept alive for the sole purpose of medical experiments. Some of the things that Miriam describes, um, excuse me, that Eva describes that occurred with her and her sister Miriam were the following. She states from her own words that they were starved for food, never shown any form of human kindness. That there were instances where they were placed in a room naked for hours and hours at a time, simply to be measured and studied. And she described this event as incredibly, or I believe she said unbelievably demeaning. One of the instances she shares about is that there was a time when she had been injected in an arm. There was blood taken from one arm and she had been injected in another arm and where she became gravely ill. She was actually having had to go to the hospital, and as a result, she had almost died, but she willed herself to live because she was fully aware that had she died, that her sister would have been murdered as well, and a double autopsy would have been performed because, again, they were simply human guinea pigs. This had happened at the age of 10 in the lives of the twins. It was This had gone on for over a year, and then there were other um, events that took place once the village or the place where they were in Auschwitz was liberated. Her and her sister Miriam were survivors of the Holocaust. But the effects, the lasting effects of those events um, would have an impact on their lives forever. Her sister Miriam had kidneys that had stopped growing, that remained the size of a child. Eva, at one point in in their lifetime, had Donated one of her kidneys to her sister Miriam. Unfortunately, though, Miriam had actually died of bladder cancer, which was a result of the experiments that that were done to her when she was a child. Eva goes on to share about these events and she goes on to decide to live a life of forgiveness. And in that, many different things unfold. She begins to look for other twins who had experienced the same things. She would send out at times. I believe, like 500 letters a year. She would go on to meet with many um, powerful leaders and she would go on to share at many events about her story of survival. She would exchange memories. And later on, I believe, um, I'm not sure, I believe she reached out to one of the Nazi doctors in Germany and I'm not sure where exactly they had met, but they, I believe it was by one of the, yes, it was by one of the gas chambers where they did a ceremony where she had the opportunity to be able to share not only her story, but the lives of others who were willing to share their stories as well from their perspectives. And she went on to offer even a thank you gift, a letter of forgiveness, and do a ceremony where she and this doctor would um, sign it in showing an act of forgiveness and showing and showing how there can be healing from such an event where there was such atrocities that had occurred and what many of us would, would would arguably say were unforgivable acts, she had devoted her life to really seeking ways to heal. And as a result, as she was going through this process, a friend of hers had encouraged her to also forgive Dr. Manjili who was the head of these atrocities. And in her mind she had she mentions how she thought this was not going to happen that she was actually very adamant about it. However, as she thought about it, and she dove more into it, she really decided that forgiveness was her power and her power alone to use and to use it in the right manner, and that no one could take it away from her. She goes on and she shares many other stories and continues to do work at many engagements to really share and, in her words, lift the burden of pain and give hope to those who were hopeless and powerless and also in hopes to make sure that these types of events never occurred again during her lifetime or in anyone's lifetime. As this process of unforgiveness, which was years and years and decades of events that took place, she realized even after she went on to forgive Dr. Mangili and the Nazis, that even in her private time, she realized that she also needed to forgive her parents. And she says from her own words, she goes on and she states that the day I forgave the Nazis, I privately forgave my parents, whom I hated all my life for not having saved me from Auschwitz. Children expect their parents to protect them. Mine couldn't. And then I forgave myself for hating my parents. You know, when you learn about Eva Kor's life, one of the things that happens is that her parent, her a Nazi soldier, I believe, came up to her mom and had asked her if her and her sister were twins. And the mom's first response was, is this a good thing? Something along those lines. And the Nazi shoulder, so soldier had said yes. And the mother had a you know, said, yes, they were twins. And they had, that would be the last time that the twins would see their mom and that she would see her children. The parents had went on to the gas chambers. They were never going to be able to come, even if they were alive, to be able to protect them and save them. But this was a process. And Eva had went on to do the forgiveness project. She went on and she also shared again about her experiences at Auschwitz. And she had founded a candles Holocaust Museum, also in Indiana, She worked to even uh, work against white supremacists. She did much work within the community and looked to do more and more to again bring forth healing and to help others be able to forgive in when they were experiencing great harm, pain, or atrocities. And I was so impacted because I remember watching this documentary. And being just in awe of her, especially when it was during a time when I was working through my own forgiveness in my own life. And one of the quotes that Eva says that I actually printed out was that she quotes, forgiveness is really nothing more than an act of self-healing and self-empowerment. I call it miracle medicine. It is free, it works, and it has no side effects And I just love that. And I wanted to encourage each of you with that because forgiveness truly is freeing. And it has been a journey of mine that has been amazing. But I will say that like many of you, if you can relate, there were times in my life where I felt like it was very difficult to forgive. And there was also times in my life where I had a misunderstanding about forgiveness So before I go into just a couple of tools, I wanted to mention some things that I have personally learned that forgiveness is not. I have learned that forgiveness is not condoning an act. It is also not excusing one's acts or words. Forgiveness does not equate to justice. In life, there are things that happen to me or maybe to yourself you have experienced that are unfair and that justice isn't what that isn't necessarily something that we will see played out in our lifetime or ever. It is something that you can relate to, even if you see the system where egregious act has been occurred in our judicial system, and yet we see someone not get the justice that we may believe that they deserve. I have also learned for me personally that forgiveness is not forgetting. And what I mean is this, I want to clear that up in a sense, because we can say that if we forgive, we forget. There are many things that I have forgiven, and many people. And I will say I have needed much forgiveness as well. So let me be clear there. But sometimes forgetting, it's not about me harboring or holding on. And in sharing this with others, um, when you are at a point in your life where you are very vulnerable and very exposed and you're hurt and you've been deeply wounded, it's not necessarily that you are holding on or picturing it or thinking about it every day. But there are things sometimes that come up from your subconscious Another thing that I have found is sometimes even though maybe I have felt I have moved on or maybe I have forgotten, it's amazing how that book that I keep sharing about The Body Keeps the Score, (laughs) it's amazing how sometimes our body remembers when we have been harmed in a great way. And that is something that I know that I personally can relate to experiencing. So forgiveness is not always forgetting, but it doesn't mean that you're holding on and you're not holding a grudge. Another thing that I have personally learned is that forgiveness is not a quick fix for some instances in life, I have been able to forgive quickly. I've seen others be able to forgive me quickly. And there are other times in life, depending on what has occurred, where I have had to work through forgiveness, where it has taken time. And that timetable has sometimes been momentarily, days, weeks, months, and sometimes even years. And for many of us, maybe you can relate to that. And again, I think it really does depend on the events that have taken place in your life. I will say for me personally, I did. I wasn't aware of some of the effects that trauma had had on me. And even as I began uncovering and diving into tools, I wasn't even aware sometimes of who I needed to forgive. Um, there were uh, some who were very obvious, but then other times it wasn't as obvious. And so I wanted to mention that as well that forgiveness doesn't mean that there's going to be a quick fix and that all those feelings, as soon as you say, I forgive you, all those hurts just don't automatically disappear. There is work that's involved. And so those are some things that I've learned. Also, that forgiveness isn't always balancing the scales. It doesn't mean that you're going to get back at someone. It's not about revenge forgiveness is not those things. And those things are things that I've had to learn um, that have been very, at times, it's been very evident and clear. And maybe you have learned that as well. And this, again, is me speaking from my personal perspective. As I thought about today's topic, though, I wanted to share about why it's so important to forgive. And one of the things that helped me along the way, I remember, I'm not sure who I was talking with, but this individual and a couple of others had mentioned about, you know, when there's unforgiveness in your life, it's like being on a hook. And I thought about that. And I remember at the time it really didn't register and not because it was, it was nothing complex about what was being said. It was more about where I was in my mental state and also in my emotional state and even spiritually. But when I look back and I think about that, I think about how unforgiveness in my life, and I share this because many of you may be able to relate to it. Unforgiveness really does hurt you personally. I I have seen it really hurt me and be incredibly painful to me in my life. And I share that because I know none of us wants to be on a hook, and I think about an example when I would go um, fishing with my puppy. I didn't go very many times because I wasn't a big gun ho, happy about the time of getting up, and I definitely wasn't excited about putting anything on a hook or taking anything off a hook. But I do remember when I would see a fish come up, and a pretty nice size fish, and they are stuck on a hook and they are moving and flapping about, and I remember when I thought about unforgiveness, and I was thinking about today, I thought about how, wow, that fish is really at the mercy of the individual who is able to take them off. You know, when there's unforgiveness in our lives, you know, again, from a personal note, we are at the mercy of the person who has harmed us. You know, I would think about how, you know, my grandfather, even when I would see, you know, just in movies or whomever, if you're fishing with, they either have the capability of being merciful and putting the fish back in the water or the capability of destroying that fish, of killing it so that it could become food. You know, unforgiveness is merciless, you know, in many ways. It can really destroy us and it can really affect our overall well-being. And I wanted to mention that because there are amazing benefits and gifts to forgiveness. I wanted to share with you some research that I was able to find when I was thinking about this topic, and I hope it encourages you on this journey of forgiveness if you're on it. You know, John Hopkins did a study, and it talks about how forgiveness allows us to not be in a state of chronic anger, which can put us in that fight or flight mode. Forgiveness actually can lower our heart rate, our blood pressure, and allow our immune system to have a healthy response to whatever may be attacking us. Forgiveness also decreases the risk of depression, heart disease, diabetes, and other chronic illnesses. Forgiveness allows our cortisol levels to be low, and it calms all of our stress levels. Another thing that forgiveness does that research has been able to show from the Fetzer Institute is that forgiveness, again, can decrease depression and anxiety, but it also is able to help us to release anger, resentment, hostility, and that is just powerful within itself, to be able to release anger, resentment, and hostility, and as a result, you are able to have more empathy and compassion for yourself and for others, which is amazing, just the benefits of that. And I love it because it reaffirms what I believe to be so true is that we are designed to heal, that we are designed to have um, a constant change in our life and constant transformation. And it just encourages my faith and it encourages just my overall belief system system. Another thing that Forgiveness has shown um, that more research has, along with helping with anxiety, depression, and other major psychiatric disorders, is that forgiveness also can really help with your health symptoms and lower mortality rates, which I love. This is another factor that is pretty amazing. You know, chronic stress is bad for our lives. When we have unforgiveness in us, it really affects us internally and it can cause a lot of internal stressors and have undue burdens on us. But forgiveness changes all of that and allows us to really experience less stress and ultimately have an incredible impact on our overall well-being. And so that's something else that I want you to consider when you think about forgiveness. So here are some tools that I have been able to learn, especially when I think about Enright and Fitzgibbon, who talks about the four stages of forgiveness. Number one is uncovering. Number two is decision. Number three is work. And number four is deepening. And I'm going to tie this a little bit to myself and also to the story that I shared you know, in my life, when I shared about some of those traumatic events that had taken place in the uncovering of that, in getting advice, and also in beginning the journey of even seeking professional help at that first time in my life, I remember one of the things that I was really encouraged to do was journal, which was pretty simple for me, because I love to write. And so, but I th- at least I thought it would be. But as I started to journal, there was so much that I uncovered, so many emotions and feelings that I wasn't even aware of. And that's the beautiful thing about uncovering is that it allows you to gain insight into how an injustice or a hurt or harm has been committed against you. It also allows you to be aware of your emotions and also of your cognitive thinking. So, I mentioned journaling, which is one tool that is able to help you do the uncovering. Another tool in that is prayer that has been really helpful to me. Being able to really hear my heart and see what is in my heart. Being able to draw my feelings has been very helpful. Also, talking to a trusted friend, a trusted advisor, um, a spiritual advisor or mentor, or even someone who is a professional is very helpful in helping to uncover Those tools are immense because when we are able to do that, we're able to have a great understanding and able to respond to what really needs forgiveness versus a plethora of emotions and reactions that can come along with the hurt that has been done to us. Another thing that in this next stage of decision making, another tool that I've been able to realize, um, is in the decision-making process is being able to acknowledge the hurt. Once I'm able to acknowledge it, then I can really, again, make that decision. And in that decision-making, it's having an accurate understanding of what forgiveness is and being able to make a decision to now follow through. So what does that look like? Being able to acknowledge that hurt that I've mentioned, possibly from being able to journal, to being able to organize one's thoughts, to be able to acknowledge. Now in the decision process is being able to now I've decided to forgive. How can we go about that? Some tools is having a healthy conversation, possibly writing a letter to someone or a note. Um, possibly sitting down with someone else if you feel like that is going to be helpful. But once you decide to forgive, now you can take those tools and begin to start the process of what's going to be helpful. Another tool in the decision process is being able to realize now that you've been hurt, it's important to identify your emotions what are you really hurt hurt about i don't know about you but i have spent many times in conversations where i have gone on and on about things that really were not important and quite, quite frankly were subjective instead of simply saying when you did this it hurt me when you said that it impacted me this way when this occurred this is what this is how it really affected my core the same can be true when you're looking to apologize not going off in different tangents which is something i know i've been guilty of but when you think about the decision process now you can really go into the step of action and that's where you begin to even do the work and that's when you have a you're able to gain a deeper understanding of the offender and beginning to view the offense and you're able to reframe it and to actually have positive thought patterns that can create empathy and compassion. And in this is where you really start to give yourself the gift of forgiveness and where the stress levels begin to go down. This is where you, some people use the phrase of canceling, you know, the debt, you know, you think of an example of writing a blank check or something like that. But in this process, as you begin to do the work and you have an understanding as you've made these decisions, now that action, where is that conversation going to take place? When is it going to take place? Are you going to write that letter? You've already decided to do that. So what is the letter going to entail? How are you going to do so? And reconciliation, let me say this, doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to be able to be reconciled to the person it is never beneficial to attempt reconciliation with an individual if you are going to be subject to further abuse, harm, danger, or anything else that can be detrimental to your overall well being. So, that is not part of the forgiveness package. Forgiveness, when it is capable, you can be reconciled, as I've mentioned earlier, and it is a beautiful thing with relationships. But again, in the work process, If there are instances where you cannot do that, even being able to write a letter where the person may never read it, they may never see it, it's just for you. Because really the person who has been impacted the most has been you by the offense that has taken place and the work that you're doing is freeing. Another tool that has been very helpful to me is figuring out in what I was just saying and how to set up boundaries for safety. You know, you don't want to go through life being protective of oneself or always um, putting or always thinking that every situation has to be perfectly planned out. But if there has been a situation where someone has hurt you and they are maybe verbally abusive or physically abusive, or maybe they constantly insult you or they undermine you, you want to be able to set boundaries for safety. You may need to consider whether or not having that person in your life is even going to be beneficial. But you also want to consider, again, in the process of forgiveness, you want to be able to consider how much of what someone has done, how has that impacted you internally? And also, how has that impact affected the lives of others around you? You know, in the last process of deepening, this is where you're able to find meaning in the suffering, in the post-suffering growth. It's where you're actually able to understand that you need forgiveness as well as knowing that we're not alone and that this is a process where we have all been offenders and that we have all been offended, though the degrees um, vary. Having a deepening understanding is where we can take our maturity and our emotional um, IQ and be able to turn around and use those past hurts to influence others for greater good and help others to heal and be transformed. I love in Eva's story how she was able to create um, places for education, for enlightenment, and for able to inspire others in hopes of stopping events from, from like this from happening again and working to really help others forgive and seeing just the benefits of it in her life. And I can say that, um, and for me personally, being able to share past hurts, being able to go into detail when I see that it would really influence someone positively about some of the traumas I've experienced, knowing who to share my story with being able to, um, being able to talk about things in a place where it's safe, being able to advocate for others, um, being able to be in instances where I've been able to volunteer for others who may have experienced some types of abuses that maybe I have, or maybe I just simply have been in situations where I'm able to turn around and just do good for others because I understand that suffering or that I I don't want someone else to suffer. You know, when you have a deepening of it, you're able to. Um, to have a greater impact in the community around you, such as Eva did. And also too, depending on the situation, when you have a deepening, you're also able, as mentioned, as you do the work in an uncovering and in journaling, etc., cetera, in a deepening, you're able to continue understand maybe where the other person came from. And sometimes it is as grotesque as maybe they didn't have a conscience. And sometimes maybe they, the experience that you had is they did the best they could do with with the resources they had. And the best that they could do was, um, unfortunately, meant that there was harm that was inflicted on you. And so we want to be able to constantly grow from our hurts and our pains that have happened. Forgiveness is very complex. And there are so many tools that can come from it. But being able to set up opportunities where you have the time to be able to think, to be able to journal, to make healthy decisions, to continually do the work through the process of it all, to have an understanding of your situation, and then to turn around and deepen that where you're not only aware of what has occurred with you, but then also how that affects others, how maybe your hurts have impacted others, and also how forgiveness and many times how it really allows you to be free You will know if you are experiencing forgiveness in how you are interacting with others, on how free you feel, on your stress levels, et cetera, especially if you've experienced great harm within your past or even in your present. And I want to encourage you to know that your story is unique and that it is unique to who you are your journey is unique as well, that it doesn't have to look like anyone else's journey, but that forgiveness is a gift that you can give to yourself and that if you're willing to go on the journey to forgiveness, you will find that there is a freedom. And as Eva has said, that there will be a healing and an empowerment, that it is free, that it works, and it has no side effects. And I would simply add, That when you understand forgiveness, you're able to be in a position where you can truly have the freedom to be reconciled spiritually, I will say within your walk with God, um, within your belief system, but also you're able to have an internal peace, an internal peace that allows you to live life where you are no longer on the hook. But if anything, you are able to be free to navigate life where you are able to have healthy relationships and impact others around you for the good and to be able to transform your life and of course the lives of others around you. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has been encouraging for you and wherever you are in your journey, I want to say bravo to you, I commend you and I'm so thankful that you are doing the work because I know that in the end, You will benefit from it, as I know. I do benefit from it and will continue to do so as well. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to be with you all next week. I hope today's podcast was thought-provoking and helpful. If you want more information, be sure to visit my website, thepuresocialblog.com. Sign up for my weekly newsletter and follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Also, I would love to hear about what resonates with you and what may have inspired you. Please leave a review and spread the word about this podcast. Thank you.